welcome to episode 104 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, if you're a returning listener, you know who I am, but if you're not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow? Reach out to me over on Twitter, where I'd love to interact with you, bring your questions, comments, concerns, topics, inquiries, whatever you've got to the show as they relate to, of course, Overwatch, the Overwatch League, Overwatch 2, Blizzard games, or video games in general. In case you haven't heard, I like video games, and I like to talk about them just all around. So bring it to me over on Twitter, and I will happily interact with you over there. Shoot me a DM, tweet at me, whatever you've got. Now, enough with all that. We've got a big show to talk about, so let's dive on in. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, I also encourage you to check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League, available on podcast services everywhere. I am, of course, the third chair over there with my hosts, Chris and Alex. We talk about everything going on in Canadian Overwatch. Now, you can also catch me this week over on grow up level up a new podcast started by one samson xp that's at samson s-a-m-s-o-n-x-p over on youtube spotify podcast services everywhere where you can catch an episode where the two of us talk a lot about creating about video games in general and of course our lives and how video games play such an important role in them now that's all I've got to plug this week. Of course, check out all those other podcasts. Do it because I'm on them. Do it because you like video games and do it because you like Overwatch. Now, on today's episode, we've got a few things to cover, of course, as we are currently still in our every other week rotation with One Man Watchpoint. We have about two weeks worth of news to cover, which means we're a little late to talking about Season 4. So Season 4 is here. Let's get in there and let's find out what it's all about. Nerf this! Alright, we're going to kick things off by heading on over to Dexerto.com with an article by Andrew Hyten, posted on April 11th, just a little bit back here, just a little over, well, by the time you're listening to this about a week ago. This article reads, Everything in Overwatch 2, Season 4, Release Time, New Hero, Battle Pass, and Map Changes. Overwatch 2 Season 4 goes live today, of course this was April 11th, and there will be some notable additions in this season including the new hero, Lifeweaver, and changes to the map pool. Now, sidebar, of course we talked a lot about Lifeweaver on last week's episode, but we didn't know all the details of the battle pass, so this article is going to help us get caught up, and then it's actually going to lead into another article that I'll jump over to towards the end, so let's get in there. The nature of seasonal Overwatch 2 updates has officially changed as the age-old model of adding a new hero with every season is gone, as proven by Season 3, and Blizzard will instead be focusing on a certain aspect with each new Overwatch 2 season. Antarctic Peninsula was the focal point of Season 3, and with Season 4, Blizzard is scrapping rotational maps, meaning the entire map pool will be available. So let's not waste time and get straight into it. Overwatch 2 Season 4, release date. Overwatch 2 Season 4 will commence on April 11th. Each season of Overwatch 2 has lasted 9 weeks or 64 days to be more precise, and the in-game countdown timer lines up with this information. The new season goes live at 1500 hours PMET, meaning UK players will be able to play Season 4 at 7pm. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this now, on what is probably April 18th or later, you knew that already. You knew the season has kicked off. 
let's get into some things that maybe you didn't know, although you probably did, but maybe you didn't know this much detail about them. Let's get in there. Overwatch 2 Season 4, New Hero Life Weaver. With the new push towards alternating sorry i had to take off my glasses there and clean them for a sec with a new push towards alternating a new map and new hero overwatch 2 season 4 will become well sorry will be welcoming a new character into the fold lifeweaver overwatch 2's latest support hero promises to shake up the meta with an exciting kit and crazy potential in team fights his pedal platform adds new verticality to combat and life grip in particular stands out as giving support players more tools to intervene in what other teammates are planning on doing for a full rundown of his for a full rundown of all his abilities, as well as the top tips to do well with him on release, check out our in-depth life viewer life weaver guide. I wanted to call him life viewer there. Overwatch 2 game director Aaron Keller also confirms that the next hero after Life Weaver will also be a support. Quote, we're really focusing on supports right now. The next two heroes we're going to be released are support heroes, said Keller, who acknowledged that there are much fewer support characters compared to the other roles. Overwatch 2 Season 4 map changes. A new hero means no new maps in Overwatch 2 Season 4. On the other hand, there will be a significant change arriving in this season as the game is doing away with map pools moving forward. Keller confirmed that map pools will no longer feature in Season 4, saying map pools are going away starting Season 4. Quote, We aim to provide a bit of freshness freshness each season and concentrate the number of maps that people were playing however player sentiment around map pools was pretty low the map roster doesn't have enough maps where we truly needed them and the impact they had on seasonal identity was fairly low new in season four is also the ability to swap spawn rooms if your spawn changes due to an objective capture or payload progression this will be especially handy on points like gibraltar which often leave late spawners exposed the lighting on the following maps has also been updated so this is going to break down the actual maps, and uh, which I, they call it lighting, but time of day or ambiance, you will now get on the map for Season 4. So we've got New Queen Street Dawn, which is new. We've got Coliseo Morning. We've got Esperanza Morning. We've got Hybrid Blizzard World. Uh, sorry, those were the push maps. Then we move into Hybrid, where Blizzard World will be morning. Eichenwald will be morning. Hollywood will be night, which is technically they list as new, although I'm fairly certain in the uh, Halloween period, time period we actually got a night version of hollywood but anyways king's row will be evening midtown morning numbani morning parisio morning we then move into our escort maps where we have dorado night havana night watchpoint gibraltar evening junkertown morning circuit royale morning rialto morning route 66 morning shambali monastery night which is pretty cool control arctic peninsula will be night busan will be morning ilios will be morning lijang tower night nepal morning and oasis evening Talantis, a fan-made map, will be playable for a limited time in arcade mode from April 25th through May 1st. That is, of course, the, um, I believe it was a Twitch-made map where the developers kind of live-built a map while, uh, while, while engaging with Twitch chat and taking their responses and votes and things like that into account to build this map. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what exactly that is. I hadn't really heard too much about it until, of course, this was announced and, you know, they, they show kind of a quick flyover of it. And it does look pretty cool obviously it's you know it's watered down it doesn't have the textures and and lighting effects and and you know particle effects and all the all the all the fixings that a fully fledged map does but it looks pretty cool and design wise it looks very complex and unlike many maps we've ever seen before so moving on from there overwatch 2 season 4 buffs nerfs and competitive changes every seasonal overwatch 2 update comes equipped with various buffs and nerfs that tinker with the state of the game's heroes first off 
skill rating tier updates will be altered to reflect your ranking based on more recent performances. They've also scrapped decay between seasons, and losses and ties are now visible in your competitive progress screens. The competitive points reward system has also been updated, meaning you'll now benefit from the following. Ending in bronze will now earn 300 competitive points. This was previously 65. Ending in silver will now earn 450 competitive points, previously 125. Ending in gold will now earn 600 competitive points, previously 250. Ending in plat now earns 800. Ending in diamond now earns 1,000. Ending in masters now earns 1,200. Ending in grandmasters will now earn 1,500 competitive points. So the interesting, or a part of the interesting thing here, is that Masters previously earned 1250, now only 12. Grandmasters previously earned 1750 and now only earns 1500. So I do actually like the breakdown they've, they've built out here. Um, obviously, it rewards more for lower ranks, which is probably where most people play out of. Um, however, you are still getting a significant amount in those higher ranks. So I think this is a pretty reasonable change. Now, the next section that they go through in the article here is actually a breakdown of uh, the the buffs and changes to the heroes, um, which is obviously from the patch notes. I'm actually going to skip over that, and we're going to jump to the next section. And then in the next article, I'll break down the uh, actual patch notes, nerfs, buffs, etc. Overwatch 2 Season 4, new battle pass. For those looking to get everything on offer, you'll need to purchase the premium battle pass instead. Oh, instead of what? I must have obviously skipped something there, but... Um, Priced at 1,000 Overwatch coins, it comes in at roughly the equivalent of 10 US dollars. The new battle pass themed around Starwatch contains a new mythic skin for Sigma. Sigma's mythic skin can be unlocked at the very end of the Season 4 battle pass, meaning you need to reach tier 80 to claim it for yourself. The new hero, Lifeweaver, is also available in the battle pass at level 55. Other Starwatch heroes include Doomfist, Ash, and Mercy. For a full breakdown of everything in the Season 4 battle pass, check out our guide here. That wraps up everything we know about the Overwatch 2 Season 4, and if you want to know even more Overwatch 2 guides and content, blah 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 blah. Check out other links and articles from this website. Now, important to note here, I did actually go back and fact check what they said there. They do say that the heroes available in uh, Lifeweaver is available at level 55. I have checked that. That is not true. It's actually 45. So originally, of course, you may recall from the first battle pass, the very first battle pass, uh, I believe it would have been Junker Queen, was available at level 55. And then, of course, we had an off-season with no hero. And then we went to another hero, which was Kiriko. And I believe it was with that season that they lowered the requirement to level 45. Um, I did, again, fact-check the battle pass, and it is, in fact, level 45, where you get Lifeweaver. So just a little something to note. If you haven't gone and checked out the Starwatch skins, definitely do. They are, in my opinion, some of the coolest stuff that they've done with Overwatch 2 thus far. Um, I'm a big fan of the sort of uh, space opera theme that they've got going on here. Winston has a really nice, uh, a really nice, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, legendary alien style skin. I believe it's at level 20 in the battle pass, so pretty easily attainable for most people on the premium track. I would still say it's attainable for most people on the free pass. Uh, both level 10 and 20 have some pretty dope skins. I think 10 is a Bastion skin that looks pretty cool. Uh, but 20 is the one that I'm really excited for. And then, of course, the final uh, uh, Mythic skin at the end there for Sigma is easily one of my favorite skins. Uh, not just for the character, but, but in the game thus far, I think. It has a ton going on for it, and I'm very excited for that one. And lo and behold, I did actually buy the Battle Pass for this season. 
it's uh i didn't buy the past i want to say two battle passes i've kind of been holding out hope that we might get some uh some pve content bundled in with our battle passes um and we've yet to hear any updates on that side of things so i've held off and i just kind of you know the past uh the past theme although the the mythic kind of japanese uh mythic skins although i like them and i think they're certainly cool um you know i would probably say i'm more of a fan of the grecian olympian olympian theme of season two and i didn't buy that battle pass either so i've kind of been holding out you know i'm still hanging on to my watch point points or my watch point pass points that i got you know pre-release of the game i bought that first battle pass i went hard on it i completed it entirely and got a few of the titles and everything after completing the 80 ranks and then season two i kind of fell out of the game season three i came back a little bit but wasn't too crazy about it and season four i'm feeling all in again um i've already been playing quite a bit i i don't think i'm quite at that level 20 but uh i'll get there soon because uh yeah i'm enjoying it and of course i have the premium now so that's all there is to that now let's head on over to our friends at dottiesports.com with an article by Max Michelli written on April 11th, which reads, here are the Overwatch 2 Season 4 patch notes and updates. Now again, of course, remember that we are going back in time here, so the article starts off, Overwatch 2 Season 4 began today, which it did not, of course, again, back in time, and along with bringing in a new support hero Lifeweaver to the roster, Blizzard is making some significant balance changes to a handful of heroes. Among the balance changes which were released on the official patch notes webpage were nerfs to tanks reinhardt and sigma some of the notable changes are ones fan will fans will be ecstatic to see including a decrease to cassidy's magnetic grenade damage a reversal of mercy's guardian angel nerfs and a rework to brigitte's rally ultimate these hero tunings were added to the game's live servers this afternoon and will likely remain the most up-to-date patch notes for hero balance until the mid-season patch which typically drops a month into every season and usually lasts about two months Overwatch 2, Season 4, Hero Balance Patch Notes. Now, I might read the little blurb that they have kind of explaining each of these. I might not because some of them are a little more obvious. So, we start with Reinhardt. Armor, health reduced to 250, down from 300. Base health increased from 200 up to 175. Reinhardt has been a mainstay as one of the most used tanks in the game, and developers are noting his increased, quote, offensive capabilities as a reason for him, quote, overperforming in Season 3. Without changing his punching power potential, the developers seem to think that a slight adjustment to his health could force players to be a little bit more tactful. While he can still swing hard, he won't have quite the same tankiness anymore, and players will need to think twice before mindlessly flailing his hammer. Sigma. Accretion impact damage reduced 240 down from 60. This will make his total damage for the ability 80 with its explosion. Accretion knockdown duration increased to 1.1 seconds, up from 0.8 seconds. This give and take is intended to keep Sigma's crowd control potential high without making his damage potential too potent. The dev comments mention that Sigma's accretion and primary fire combo have started to make him similar to previous versions of Roadhog's chain hook, which frustrated players because of its one-shot capabilities. Cassidy, base health reduced from 200 down from 225. Magnetic grenade damage reduced to 120 down from 131. Cassidy's Magnetic Grenade has drawn ire from fans for some time now, making it a primary candidate for a nerf. In their notes, the developer mentioned that one primary fire shot by Cassidy when combined with a Magnetic Grenade was, quote, too reliable to execute on. Meanwhile, reductions to his damage falloff in a previous patch made his health less of an issue, so going back down to 200 HP isn't a problem. 
Sombra. EMP can now disable Blizzard. There isn't really too much to say about that. It's an interesting one that they've, I don't know, are playing with things that Sombra's EMP hits. Um, it strikes me as very odd because in theory, EMP should take out a lot of stuff that it doesn't seem to. So anyways, Ana, Sleep Dart's maximum duration on tank heroes reduced to 3.5 seconds down from 5. Having tank heroes out of a fight due to a sleep dart makes it one of the most impactful abilities in the game, and five full seconds of that type of crowd control on a tank can be frustrating. With most tanks having larger hitboxes, the devs noted that the ability is also easier to land on tanks as well, making it especially disruptive and in need of a nerf. Brigitta. Rally gives Brigitta 100 restorable health during the rally. Brigitta no longer gradually builds temporary health like her nearby allies during, allies during Rally. Rally now upgrades her Barrier Shield, increasing both its size and health. Barrier health is increased to 750 up from 300 during the ultimate. During Rally, Shield Bash now impacts multiple enemies and briefly stuns them. Bonus movement speed reduced to 15%, down from 30%, and Repair Pack range reduced to 25 meters, down from 30 Easily the most significant hero update in the patch, according to devs, the change is meant to give the defensive style ultimate a more immediate impact through a boost to Briggs' armor and an increase in the size and health of her shield. Meanwhile, her bash ability being able to hit multiple targets at the time during rally will surely be a huge bonus for the hero that is already fairly underrepresented. Now, this is a bit of an interesting one because I kind of actually disagree with that. I think it feels to me right now, at least in the levels, the ranks that I'm playing at, it feels like most of these support characters are getting played fairly regularly, I would say. Um, I certainly think that, you know, you see, I'm seeing a little less, maybe Moira, Zen, maybe a little less Brig than others. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that it's super slanted in one direction. I mean, right now we're seeing a lot of Life Weaver. We still see a lot of Kuriko because both of them are, well, Life Weaver's new and Kuriko's still pretty strong. But I do think I'm seeing a nice blend of, of uh, compositions. So anyways, Mercy. Caduceus Staff Healing per Second increased to 55, up from 45. Caduceus Staff Healing is no longer increased for allies under half health. Now, you know what? I've got to pause for a second here and look this up because I could have swore that was not called the Caduceus Staff. I'm wondering if this is a regional thing. Hang on one sec. Well, would you look at that? It's been six years of this goddamn game, and I have been pronouncing that wrong this entire time until reading it right now. And the best part is I actually have one of my emotes on Mercy set to this thing where she twirls her Caduceus Staff and slams it into the ground, and it makes a big uh, kind of emote thing. And I have been reading that and pronouncing it wrong this whole time. Wow, you learn something new every day. Let's continue. Guardian Angel cooldown reduced from 1.5 seconds down from 2.5 seconds. Guardian Angel and jump cancel active ability state duration increased to 1.5 seconds up from 1.0. The jump and crouch cancel active ability state can no longer be manually interrupted to begin the cooldown early. Support role passive healing is now active for the duration of Valkyrie. After admitting to an overcorrection to Mercy's Guardian Angel ability that was a cause for concern from Mercy mains everywhere, Blizzard is still trying to make sure the ability isn't too powerful. However, they've reduced the cooldown to make her a little bit more slippery once again. Meanwhile, Blizzard reverted changes to her healing due to feedback from both Mercy players and people playing against Mercy's. Quote, There wasn't a satisfying middle ground where we could reduce the potency of this effect while still having it feel impactful, the devs wrote. So these, these changes, and this is my thoughts, these changes to Mercy are a little bit interesting. The big takeaway here is nobody knows what to do with Mercy right now. 
they they either feel she's too strong she's not strong enough uh and basically the 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 scene around mercy and supports in general just all around seems to love her or hate her and it's always a mixture of who loves her and who hates her and they can never seem to agree on anything so there you go moira fade can now be activated during coalescence coalescence bonus movement speed reduced to 40 percent down from 50 biotic grasp lingering heal duration increased to three seconds up from two at times the increased movement speed from coalescence didn't make it make up for the way it made players feel a little bit exposed during a fight being able to fade during coalescence and then continue the ability is intended to give moira players more playmaking ability as they reposition mid ultimate this is a really weird change if you ask me um i understand the reasoning that they've kind of explained there but it feels strange to interrupt that for her to fade out the again the the repositioning aspect of it makes sense but it is almost also as if they're saying we want to encourage moira players to use this to charge forward kind of thing <laughs> because i mean if you think about it yes coalescence is a great engage tool but you should still as as a moira as a support character you should not be pushing into the front line when you use it right you should be your your team should be working around you as you coalesce to move forward you should still have a tank in front of you at the very least to make sure they take the damage rather than you to get the full uh force of your your coalescence right the full benefit from it you shouldn't be just charging into the front line because i mean really that is how you get downed when the entire team focus fires you down so anyways there you have it that is the sort of breakdown of the uh biggest changes and uh, uh nerfs and buffs and everything to characters going into season four interesting stuff that's for sure like i said some some interesting tweaks to some characters and things like that overall i mean if i had to say anything was too impactful i mean the mercy changes stand out because again like i said nobody can nobody can really agree on any of that but the biggest thing that we're seeing here is the rework or kind of soft rework i would say to brigitte right where they've they've changed her ult entirely um or almost entirely but meanwhile the rest of her abilities are, are relatively the same um so it's mostly an ult rework for her but it is pretty interesting i know last week i think i or two weeks ago on my last episode i think i had talked about these changes and i kind of said that this screamed to me something that they would go back on and they would kind of revert it um having played it now it doesn't feel nearly as oppressive as i had maybe thought it would the big thing about the uh shield bash is that in my mind having the larger shield actually meant you would kind of push them back push characters back more and i'm certainly not seeing that or finding that like it it is just like the shield bash was previously it just kind of stuns them right maybe it does push them back a tiny bit but it's not like you're her her whip right where I almost wonder if they could do more with that and make it her make her shield bash more of a whip where it sends out a shockwave that just blasts people. I don't know. Anyways, I'm excited to play more of season four. So let's move on. We're gonna stick with dotesports.com this time with an article by Eva Martinello, posted on April 13th, which reads: Overwatch 2 devs are fixing Lifeweaver's cluttered control scheme. Lifeweaver is the newest support to join the Overwatch 2 roster as part of season four. He features a lot of different abilities that aren't easy to grasp at first, and players have been requesting some changes to make his kit more fluid. The developer's reaction was swift. Assistant game director Aaron Keller said Blizzard was, quote, looking into alternative control methods for the hero's dash and weapon swap buttons on April 12th, two of the biggest complaints from players. 
The aim is to, quote, make the transition from healing to damage smoother, he added, referring to Lifeweaver's primary and secondary weapons. More information on the matter will be shared soon. As soon as new support Lifeweaver was released into Overwatch 2, players started complaining about his ability kit. They argued his commands felt clunky and agreed that few tweaks would make it more fluid. A player even showed the perfect changes in a workshop mode to show another way to play Lifeweaver in, in a more optimized manner yesterday. They set his dash on the spacebar instead of the shift key, similar to Hanzo. With that, Lifeweaver will jump when he's on the ground and dash when he's in the air instead. In addition, his secondary weapon was set to right-click. This key is currently used to summon the platform, while Weapon Switch is on the mouse's roll. It's unclear which changes will be implemented by Blizzard Entertainment to improve Lifeweaver's playstyle. And I've actually just pulled up the uh, the Reddit article here where they kind of demonstrate his... Uh, uh, his his rework, this rework that somebody posted in the workshop there. Um, the interesting thing that is obviously left out of this is where the hell do console players fit into this? Because let me tell you, I've played this character. I've tried him in the workshop. Uh, sorry, in the training ground. I have, in fact, not actually picked him in a single match simply because I tend to like to get used to these characters um, a little bit more on my own first. But with Lifeweaver specifically, when I did play through him, um, I didn't feel like his abilities truly had any huge benefit over other characters. And I think that comes down to this sort of clunkiness factor that they mention here. He's got these very cool abilities, um, these very complex abilities that really kind of change the the the, uh, the the literal playing field that you're playing on right between his life grasp where he can pull you either up or down or left or right or whatever direction away or out of something um, or into something if he wishes uh, and then the pedal platform he's got a really unique set but in terms of his actual healing and damage I didn't feel like he had more to offer than really any of the other support characters so i've mostly been playing the other support characters right now i do find it interesting that they're looking at reworking his kit uh sorry his controls to make him more fluid to use because i do think that a character kind of lives and dies by their controls right nobody likes to play a character that controls poorly or that feels sticky or clunky like they said so i do think that there's some improvement that could be done there. I was very surprised when they uh, first were talking about him and they they said that his uh, heal and attack are actually swappable uh, in a you know in a sense like Mercy right where her Caduceus staff is used to do out dish out her healing or damage uh, amplification and then you actually have to press I mean on console you press the uh, uh, right directional button to swap to your pistol. But that change does feel somewhat natural, or that, that swap. And I believe that is how he is on console as well. But it's all the other abilities being stacked on top of that that feels clunky and doesn't quite make sense. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around. So I'm really, you know, I'm really curious to see what they come up with here. And I'm also very curious to see if they do apply any changes to console. It would be interesting if the first time you go to select him after they, you know, I don't know, put out a new control scheme. It would be interesting if the first time you go to select him or if you're playing, you know, Mystery Heroes, if you get him, then the first time you do, it kind of pops up and says, controls have changed and, and you know, shows you, do you want classic Lifeweaver or whatever, new wave Lifeweaver, I don't know, controls. But anywho, 
interesting stuff. Next up, let's read an article by Max Michelli on April 13th over on .esports.com, which reads, Overwatch 2 players impacted by rank decay will get rightful rewards in upcoming update. Numerous players on April 13th were unceremoniously struck with rank decay in Overwatch 2 that affected their end-of-season rewards for Season 3, but Blizzard yesterday vowed to right the wrong. In previous seasons, Overwatch 2 players all experienced some amount of rank decay from season to season that was meant to give them a sense of progression early in the season. Feedback about the system not feeling rewarding led to Blizzard changing the competitive ladder for Season 4 though. this week, though. Getting rid of rank decay, Blizzard intended to make all players maintain their rank headed into a new season. But as player file, players filed into the game on Tuesday, they noticed that wasn't the case. In many cases, not only did their rank decay, but they also received rewards for Season 3 that were based on a decayed rank as well. On April 12th, the game's director, Aaron Keller, posted to Twitter and said that a fix is coming and should be here soon. Quote, We've been working to solve an issue for some players who received a lower final rank in Season 3 than they should have, Keller said. We've identified a fix and plan to, plan to include it in the next patch later this month. Impacted players should receive their correct Season 3 ranking and receive competitive points and titles based on where they ended once the patch goes live. Goes live sorry. To make up for it, competitive points will be granted again. So these players will get both the corrected CP again, but they also get to keep the original grant we gave them. In a post to its forums yesterday, Blizzard posted that players who had decay would see their rank change to the appropriate rank after their next rank update when they've won five games. However, that post did not identify what the players intend to do about people's end-of-season rewards. Now it's clear that players will indeed get compensated for their troubles, but it will likely be a couple of weeks before they get that juicy allotment of competitive points and their rightful ranked titles. So if this affected you, congratulations, you're going to get your due. You're going to get a little more. Um, I, I do appreciate the rank the reworked rank system it did in fact bump me up in uh, my competitive rankings which i appreciate or my support competitive rankings because that's the only one i've ever done so i did appreciate that and i was excited to see that i am not in fact as low as i thought i was i'm still relatively low but uh, i was excited to see higher than 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 i had placed previously and uh yeah that's that enjoy your rewards if uh if you are getting that sort of a it kind of works out to be a little bonus nowadays so, or now with those changes. Let's stick with .esports.com, this time with an article by Max Michelli again, on April 14th, which reads, New Overwatch 2 support hero, Lifeweaver, could get a buff sooner than you might expect. In addition to Overwatch 2's latest support hero, Lifeweaver, this week has resulted in massive amounts of feedback regarding the character's high utility, but also his clunky gameplay. Though his life grip, life grip and pedal platform are potentially game-changing tools, the way that Lifeweaver's healing must be charged and his weapon swap to go between damage and healing makes for a less fluid experience. Giving his initial reaction to the hero, former Overwatch League pro Siegel said his gameplay is awkward. And with many others echoing the same sentiment, the game's director Aaron Kel Keller sorry, said earlier this week that Blizzard is looking to make some changes to Lifeweaver. A day later, Keller added that not only is Blizzard looking into changing the hero's control scheme, but the devs are, quote, more than likely, going to buff the hero and balance update could come as soon as next week. Quote, the team will continue collecting Lifeweaver performance data over the weekend and should have details on balance changes more than likely above sometime next week, Keller said. Info on coming control scheme changes should come next week as well. Based on the post by Keller, the balance change is not necessarily tied to the crowd, uh, sorry, to the the control changes for Lifeweaver, 
but the two updates will likely be intertwined. If Blizzard was to change his weapon swapping mechanics to something more seamless, Lifeweaver's ability to quickly swap between DPS and healing would almost assuredly be viewed as a buff even if he didn't have any value changes to his damage healing or cooldowns. Lifeweaver is currently one of just a few heroes who have a weapon swapping mechanic like Mercy who can change between her healing staff and a pistol. Unlike Mercy, however, damage seems to be more prominent part of, of Lifeweaver's kit because he can't empower allies like Mercy does with her staff. If Blizzard was to change Lifeweaver's weapon swap with something more in line with the controls that Moira has, it could make Lifeweaver feel significantly less complicated to play. It's unclear exactly what Blizzard might buff in Lifeweaver's kit, but it won't be his first. Prior to his release, Blizzard tweaked his healing output by changing the charge time of his healing blossom, but based on overwhelming feedback that his healing still doesn't feel especially powerful, the devs might find a way to beef up his healing capacity. So, again, just more talk of Lifeweaver. I think uh, it's very interesting because uh, in the past, obviously, we saw Sojourn, we saw Junker Queen, we saw Kuriko, and I think all of them released in pretty decent states. Um... Kuriko has been powerful and remains pretty powerful. Jo uh, Sojourn released very powerful. Um, I believe they actually buffed her shortly after she released because uh, she wasn't doing quite enough damage and nobody was really playing her. Everyone was mostly playing Soldier. And then they buffed her and she became a you know an assassin and everyone was playing her. Um, and I want to say Junker Queen actually originally dropped a little underpowered and they buffed her as well. But it seems like Lifeweaver kind of is the most problematic because of all the almost because he's such a unique character in his uh in his playmaking ability with uh the the sort of environmental manipulation abilities that he has so um or positioning manipulation abilities we he has i'll say so interesting stuff hopefully they can sort of figure things out with with life weaver and really get him into a state where uh, where everybody has a bit of an easier time with him Moving on from there, we're going to read an article by Michael Czar, posted on April 17th, still with .esports.com, which reads, NYXL becomes second OWL franchise to return to Academy scene after a four-year hiatus. As of the start of the Overwatch League 2023 preseason, only one team had an official Academy, the San Francisco Shock, and its partnership with Korean contenders team O2 Blast. A majority of the league had Academy teams, but all of them went inactive around the 2019 and 2020 seasons. But now, one OWL team is bringing back a formerly inactive Academy roster. The New York Excelsior confirmed the reformation of its Academy team today, dubbed the NYXL Academy. The roster will compete in both the Contenders scene and the Calling All Heroes scene as a roster of marginalized players. The roster consists of eight players, some relatively unknown in the competitive scene, but others with experience and great results in late 2022 and early 2023. One of the notable pickups is support player Wicca, who won both the Calling All Heroes Challengers Cup with Altiora Artemis in December 2022 and the recent Open Division season in North America for her Team Hive earlier in April 2023. Another notable name is Bun, also known as Chloe. They were a part of the Altiora Artemis roster. That just does not roll off the tongue. Altiora? Altiora? Altiora Artemis roster that won the Challengers Cup but they have competed in contenders across 2022 for the Milkman. Aside from Bun, other former contenders players like Kindred and Sniper help round out the roster. This news marks the NYXL Academy as the second official Academy roster currently in the Overwatch scene, Overwatch League, sorry. But in terms of returning commitment to the two tier two scene, NYXL is the first. The San Francisco Shock 
has had two different academy rosters in the contender sphere, starting with NRG Esports until 2019 and partnering with O2 Blast in early 2022. Yet this NYXL Academy roster is returning is a returning commitment from the NYXL organization to grow talent locally and develop them into the league, even if the name is different from its original Academy team, XL2. They will compete in the upcoming Spring Series for North America contenders, starting on April 24th and ending on June 10th. So exciting stuff for the contenders scene here, and obviously exciting stuff if you are an NYXL fan, and obviously exciting stuff if you are a Calling All Heroes fan, or an XL2 fan, of course. Um, always good to see these teams uh, supporting Tier 2 and, and having their own uh, sort of contenders partnerships. Um, obviously, as the article talks about, over the years we've seen many, many, many of these fold. Um, unfortunately, it just it's hard enough to own and operate an Overwatch League team, let alone also supporting a Tier 2 team as well. So good for NYXL, maybe the first step in uh, a, a, a growing contenders scene, but who knows, we shall find out soon, hopefully. Now, that actually takes us to the end of our news articles here. Um, that's that's all we've really got. There hasn't actually been a ton to happen over the past, uh, over the past couple of weeks here. Um, I'm gonna check one more source here real quick, and we'll just see if there's any any hidden gems in here. And the answer to that would be nope. So let's head on over to our owl recap and pickums. BRB. And of course, I'm back. But wouldn't you know it? There actually aren't any pickums this week. Of course, uh, the fact of the matter is, although the Overwatch League season officially kicks off soon here, of course, it is. April 17th, so in a mere, I believe, 10 days. In fact, uh, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be just over a week out from April 27th when the season starts. Um, the interesting thing is uh, we don't actually have any announced uh, 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 games officially. Um, I believe some teams have started announcing uh, match dates and things like that, but I actually I did some googling around and I didn't find anything too confirming of that. Obviously, the league has not posted anything official beyond the sort of general calendar of the season. Um, so let's take a quick look at that. But unfortunately, we don't actually have any games to predict or or any pickums to do. I'm hoping, of course, today is April seventeenth. I'm really hoping by the twentieth. So I mean, again, it's the seventeenth at time of recording. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be the eighteenth. Uh, or later, which is 18th is the Tuesday. I'm hoping by the 20th, the Thursday, April 20th, 420. I'm really desperately hoping that they announce something. They need to drum up hype for this season, and they really need to start talking about the schedule and hyping up these teams, hyping up these matches, and getting us all excited for what's to come. And the simple fact of the matter is, silence is not the way to do that. So, Let's take a quick look at the 2023 season calendar as we know it right now. Um, of course, knowing that April 27th is the official start. So if we look at things in the West, of course, the uh, quote-unquote North American or, you know, North American plus London region, um, we do have the start of the season here in April. Now, if you look at the 2023 season calendar that they posted uh, way back, I believe it was like March 12th or something like that, it's actually a little misleading because it shows this spring stage occurring in the West midway through April. And obviously we now know that it is at the end of April. You know, the 27th is basically the, the, the end of April, right? It's the last four days of the month. So a little misleading in that sense, but I digress. The spring stage qualifiers for the West 
kick off April 27th. That takes us through some point in May when we then get to the spring knockout stages um, or spring stage knockouts, I should say. And then as we come into June, it looks like right at the start of June, there's a bit of a buy. So I would assume probably a two week period. And part of that period is probably to allow travel time. So teams can travel to the mid season madness, which if I'm not mistaken, mid season madness is an international tournament, global tournament. There it is. Yeah. Um, so should be pretty hype, should be pretty interesting and exciting. If I'm reading this right, it basically means we're going to have Overwatch throughout all of May, right? Again, technically we start in April, those last four days or whatever. Um, so we get a tiny bit of April, but then it should be over all Overwatch for most of May, at least in the West. And then of course, we get a couple of weeks off. And then we have this big tournament in June to finish things off, uh, kind of taking out the first half of the season. Now that's the West. If we look at the East, of course, they didn't have a Pro-Am tournament in March like uh, we did in the West. Um, but it appears as though the spring stage opens, they're called the opens here, um, in the East do start at the same time as the spring stage qualifiers in the West. So assumedly April 27th. Um, they also are having spring stage qualifiers sort of jam-packed in there. And then they move into a spring stage knockout session. Uh, I don't know what to call it. I don't know why I called it a session. But it's interesting because they've got opens, qualifiers, and the knockouts. Now, we know in the East, there's an element of uh, contenders teams being able to play for some slots in the Overwatch League there. So I think that's the opens is kind of uh, setting up a lot of that. Um, I believe that's where the contenders teams are able to, uh, to, to get some matches in and everything like that. The qualifiers, then of course, qualifies teams for the knockouts and the knockouts are where they will play to determine who goes to the midseason madness so it's a little bit more convoluted in the east uh because we have that sort of weird breakdown opens qualifiers knockouts and the knockout stage is actually in itself the same length as the other two combine whereas in the west of course the qualifiers is longer than um one of those single groups so the opens and qualifiers fit inside the qualifiers in the west we then have about half of the knockout section is still qualifiers in the West. Now, there's obviously so many more teams in the West, so that accounts for that. And then they have a shorter knockouts period there. It all culminates with both teams from the East and West coming to the Midseason Madness Tournament in June. They have not yet announced where that will be. I would expect that announcement likely to come at the end of May. I hope it doesn't come during that buy period in June. Um, I really hope it comes towards the end of May, uh, a little bit before, so that we can get hyped and be excited for what is to come in June and where exactly that will be played. If they want to allow for travel to it, and if it is going to be a live event, I would also suggest they should tell us now so that people can plan their trips and book their, book their flights and hotels and stuff like that. I don't suspect it's going to be a live in-person thing. I think the teams will be playing live and in-person but I don't suspect they'll be uh, putting on a show. Um, if they do, it'll probably be somewhere more attainable, like I want to say a Dallas. Well, it won't be Dallas now that I think about it. <laughs> um, it would be likely Fort Worth um, in, in Arlington, I believe, which is where Houston plays, um, or something to that extent. Maybe California, obviously, with both LA teams being back there, and San Francisco now being located there as well. It could be something like that, so... Anyways, that is that. Now that then takes us into 
That was the spring stage. We then go into the summer stage, where, of course, we have a bye week after the midseason tournament, or a bye time period, at the start of July. And we then go into the summer stage, where the entire summer stage in the West is labeled as qualifiers. And then in the East, it's opens and qualifiers again. So again, I have to assume the opens are when the um, contenders teams are able to compete. The qualifiers are what are actually determining who will eventually proceed, I guess. That takes us through midway through August. We then have a bit of a bye. And then in the West, we continue with summer stage qualifiers. We go into summer stage knockouts in the East. And then both East and West have plans to get into the playoffs, of course. We have a bit of a bye. This is now in September. And then September, or latter half of September into October, is the playoffs. And, of course, our grand finals. So there you have it. That is our 2023 season calendar. Now, of course... We've already covered this, right? This was announced back in midway through March, uh, over a month ago at this point, I believe. Um, midway through March, man. You know, I, 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 March, what am I talking about? It must have been February or something. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, the point is that we know this is the schedule. We are eagerly anticipating. Yeah, this, this was announced February 8th. I don't know why I had March 12th in my head for some reason. Anyways, this is the format. We know this is the case. Where is the announcement about the actual schedule? Again, if they haven't announced this by this Thursday, literally days from the time you're hearing this, I will be pulling my hair out because it's just incredible that they don't have these things planned already. I don't understand why would they why they would wait until the week of the season start to announce any of this. And that's why I'm really betting my mind. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, I mean, today's a Monday. Usually we record on Tuesdays, um, but I will actually be recording with Ready, Set, Home tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, now that I think about it, there's a chance that this gets announced tomorrow because we know Blizzard likes to drop news on Tuesdays. There's a good chance that the season, the actual season schedule gets announced tomorrow. Well, if that's the case, I'm happy. I'm happy we at least got some notice. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'm betting my money on April 20th, of course, 420. Um, but that's that's where my head is at. Let's I can't I can't stew on this any longer. Soon it will not matter. Soon we will know. Soon all will be well in the world. Got it! Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 104 of One Man Watchpoint. If you're a returning listener. Thank you so much for returning. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening for the first time. I'm, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. You can follow me on all socials, but especially over on Twitter, where you can tweet at me, you can DM me, whatever you've got, whatever you want to bring to the table, you can bring to me there questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, inquiries, whatever you've got. Um, as, of course, it relates to Overwatch, the Overwatch League, Overwatch 2. Uh, Blizzard games and video games in general. I love to talk about them. So why not bring it to me over there and I'll bring it to the show. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends and all that jazz. And of course, if you do five stars, man, why, why, why are you rating something if you're not rating it five stars? And I will, of course, read out your review on the show. Now, if you did enjoy what you heard here, I would encourage you to check me out on two other places. Number one, check me out over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League, where I am, of course, the third chair with my hosts, Alex and Chris. We break down everything going on in Canadian Overwatch action uh, every week. 
once the Overwatch League is back in action. And of course, this week, big episode, we've got our Power Rankings episode. We are recording that tomorrow night, and it will post on April the 19th. Now, the other place I would encourage you to check me out is, of course, on the Grow Up Level Up podcast hosted by my friend Samson XP at Samson, that's S-A-M-S-O-N-X-P over on Twitter, over on Instagram. And of course, you can check out his new podcast, Grow Up Level Up on podcast services everywhere, Spotify. Uh, and of course, it is does have a video component, so you can check it out over on YouTube as well. Um, I recently guested with him and we talk about everything video games everything growing up playing games why games are important and why it is so much fun to do this and create with other people that's going to be it for me this week on episode 104 of one man watchpoint so check us out next week when we hopefully are able to preview the upcoming season of the overwatch league taking flight